Alright guys, welcome to episode 4 of the Everything Cast. I'm your host, Wyatt, and with me as all... <clears throat> we, 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 don't, we don't gotta talk about that. Uh, as always, uh, my co-host, Evan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, welcome back. So, uh, Evan, you uh, you recently got your uh, COVID shot. How, how's that going? Oh, it's uh, it's going. As you can probably tell, I sound uh, more shitty than usual. <clears throat> I just got it yesterday, so definitely uh, feeling feeling some things. But is it is it just the one shot, or you gotta do the two doses? Yeah. So. Uh, I did the Johnson Johnson. That was the only one they would let me get. Gotcha. So just the one shot, which is, I guess, nice. So. Yeah. But I wasn't too bad. Did it Something. hurt? No, the shot itself wasn't bad. But okay. last night, it felt like I took fucking NyQuil or some shit. Like, it, I was tired as fuck. My body started, like, aching. I started, like, shivering, like, uncontrollably. And, like, it wasn't really? cold or anything. And I started getting, like, the chills. And then uh, I'd get, like, a hot flash and shit. Couldn't sleep. Uh, then I woke up this morning just fucking entire body ached. Headache and shit. And then I took some muscle reliever. And I'm feeling a little bit better. Just kind of uh, a little bit sore, I guess. Not not too bad, but still a little out of it, I guess. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't I haven't got my vaccination yet. So um Yeah, so I have no idea what you're going through, but um it sounds pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, well, well not necessarily it terrible, but it sounds like um, you know, like some like a, a nuisance. Not, yeah, not fun to get, but Yeah. So, oh. so um you know, I, I I recently learned a lesson that I, I want to share with you guys, and it's about um, insurance, medical insurance here in the United States. Um, so it's called a, a deductible, right? And this de- this deductible is um, basically means that you have to like spend a certain amount of money before your insurance would kick in. And um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I I didn't know anything about this, and so I got a bill from my doctor. And um, I didn't really understand why. And so when I went in there and to talk talk to them about it, they, they kind of broke it down for me and like how insurance works. And so I kind of want to relay this information onto you guys just so you guys have a, he- a heads up. So uh, so I have Blue Cross Blue Shield PPO, which is, you know, like good insurance. So uh, and then uh, my copay is always twenty five dollars. So I thought I was good. You know, I didn't think I'd be getting any bills didn't think I would be getting anything like that. So but it turns out that there's this thing called, like I said, a deductible. Right. And what the deductible does is it basically means that uh, after so much money, the insurance will start covering uh, your whatever it is that you need, whether it's labs or prescriptions or doctor visits or therapy sessions or whatever it is. Right. And so um, and so that's kind of like how that works. And I I just want to relay that information on to you guys so that this way, uh, you know, you guys can plan ahead of time and not get blindsided like I did going into this situation. You uh, you have any issues with insurance, Evan, ever? No. So uh, I have TRICARE, which isn't too bad. Um, it's pretty, I guess, cheap. I don't really have to worry about it ever, but the um, 
I have like a PCM primary care uh, manager, I guess. I don't even know what it thinks. I've had a few in the past that are honestly pretty garbage. Yeah. And those best thing to go to like ER for actual emergencies, but uh, nothing, no major problems. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, I, I got a, I got a question for you, man. Um, yeah. you know, as I've, as I've said it before, I, you know, I struggle with, um, some mental illnesses and sometimes I, uh, I, I find it hard to get, uh, to get motivated. And so to do so, obviously you seek inspiration. So my question for you is, uh, like, where do you get your inspiration from? Like, is it internal? Is it external? Do you, you, you watch motivational videos? Like, what is it you do to keep inspired to help you get through like everyday life or, uh, you know, like hard challenges? Mm-hmm. That's that's a good question. Um, that's tough. Uh, I'm sure there are kind of inspirations that you know from day to day, but it kind of sounds bad. But for the most part, I feel like most of my days I just get through it because there's no other option. As shitty yeah. as that sounds, um, I listen to a lot of music and stuff. Uh, friends and family, but uh, that's a really good question. I'm about to, I think, get back on you on that. But what about you? Yeah, so um, I don't have a good answer because I'm I'm a very selfless person. Um, it it's really hard for me to do things for myself. I am if there's something that uh, needs to get done that's strictly just for me. Uh, procrastinate the shit out of it for as long as I, I possibly can you know um unless somebody's like riding my ass about it whether it's like you know i take out my multivitamins right that's something i need to do for myself uh you know eating right because i have a uh, hypothyroidism so I, I need to eat a lot to stay healthy and so uh so without uh like my girlfriend and my mom staying on my ass like making sure hey did you eat your four meals today are you taking your your calorie drinks you, you know like all these things so uh a lot of a lot of my inspiration and my motivation comes from external resources, and um, which is the opposite of what they teach you in uh, detox and rehab, right? Mm-hmm. They 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 always tell you that uh, you know if you're ever gonna get sober, if you're ever gonna take on this lifestyle, it has to be for yourself. And I think that that applies to 99% of people. I just happen to be in that 1% category. So a lot of my inspiration and my motivation comes from external resources. So uh, my daughter, you know, being the the head of my household, being the breadwinner, my my, my girlfriend, she's a stay-at-home mother. So uh, th- that pressure is what keeps me motivated when when it comes to like uh, you know doing the typical you know air quotations nine to five, right? It's like uh, you know I, I need to, I know I need to do this for them. So that that's one of my main drives. But uh, also, I find that uh, sometimes that that just quite ain't enough. So the ways, uh, a way that I help cope with these situations when, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm the one who's at work, right? Not It's not mm-hmm. them, it's me. And I still have to make it through my day. I still got to do all my responsibilities that uh, I got at my job, right? And so uh, I find that stimulation is a really good inspiration and motivation for me. And what I mean by that is uh, I, I, I like to learn. I like to stay uh, stimulated. And so one of the ways that I do that is uh, podcasts. 
right? Uh, I listen to, uh, like I said, I've mentioned uh, multiple times before, is I, I'm always listening to podcasts, or I'm either, or I'm listening to uh, to music to to help keep me motivated and uh, keep me focused and on my goal. But um, yeah, majority of my inspiration comes from external resources, like uh, oh, uh, something that my my uh, daughter just learned a new word. Uh, she learned the word dog because um, I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Valhalla to try and finally beat this game. And the the mount that I have that I get to ride on is a, is a wolf, right? And it's huge. And uh, in, in on and in the game, you uh, spend a lot of time on your on your mount. And so she always she always sees it, and you know she always keeps making noise at the TV. So every time she like looks at TV, I just keep saying, you know, dog, dog. And then um, my family they all have dogs, and so now it's uh, you know, I was watching uh, my Snapchat stories, and one of my friends posted a video of their dog, and his dog, 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 <laughs> dog. Uh, it's the cutest shit ever, man. Uh, yeah, being That's being awesome. a. Yeah, being being a father is the, the greatest reward ever, man. Well, watching her grow like this is it's phenomenal. She's starting to run now, which is crazy. Because uh, uh, yeah, because she she literally just turned a year old and she's saying mama, da da, and now dog. We're working on G's, right? Because um, my my mom's name is Gigi, right? So we wanted to get her to start saying that. So, but uh. But yeah, the majority of my inspiration comes from uh, the people around me and my family and my daughter, and mm-hmm. just uh, um. So um, this also ties into like what it is that I do for a living, right? So um, I I remember being uh, I was like thirteen, fourteen years old, and um, we, me and my dad, we would sit down and watch this show. I, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it was on the Discovery Channel. And they would like pull ships out of the ocean from like World War Two or just like uh, say like the Titanic and stuff like that. And um, I don't know if they actually got the Titanic back or not, but like ships like that, and they would restore them and put them in museums, right? And uh, at the end of every episode, uh, the the camera crew will be doing like interviews to the employees that uh, help refurbish these boats, and. Um, uh, the the people would always be like, oh, if it wasn't for the welders, if it wasn't for the wel- if the welders didn't put in the overtime to get this done, blah 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 blah. And I remember being like 13, 14 years old, like I said, and being like, oh, I I want to be that guy. Like I want to mm-hmm. be the guy that everyone else depends on to get the job done. You know, I want to be the one that everybody relies on because I know that I can do it. Right? I know I can handle the pressure. I know that I can I can take on these responsibilities. So. Uh, I think that just having that pressure there of like the family relying on me uh, and then, uh, you know, and everybody else around me looking to me uh, for the inspiration, uh, especially like my little brothers and stuff. Um, I think that that's also a really big driving factor of uh, my motivation to help me get through, get through my days. But uh, Mm -hmm. that being said, it also sucks when you're having a bad day then too, you know, when you, when you see yourself as, the the provider and as as the one that everyone's relying on it sucks to look weak you know and so that's when those uh external uh influences come into play so uh i'm pretty sure we all know who uh usain bolt is right he he won the olympics he's like the world's fastest man uh 
he has a quote and it goes i'm I'm a, I'm a butcher it so don't take it verbatim but it's some along the lines of uh like if you ever think that what you're doing is useless just remember i trained for 20 years to run for 117 seconds <laughs> and he got eight gold medals 117 seconds that's less than two minutes 20 years of training and preparation and in return eight gold medals so even though it can be hard to see the the finish line and the uh the end goal you just got to keep trucking you know yeah definitely i think yeah, uh, so, uh, uh, like my main thing so you know work is where i spend most of my time at for you know majority of my time every week uh one of the biggest things to inspire me to you know just get through the day and stuff like that is like pride and pride in your job and the like what you do is it doesn't even matter if like you enjoy it all the time because no one it's very rare for someone to enjoy their job yeah 100 of the time so being able to understand that it might not be for you but you're uh what you're doing is you know kind of there's a bigger picture to it and i don't know about you but i uh, I take a lot of pride, like in what I do, and being good yep. at it. Yeah, and I think that definitely uh, gives me a lot of inspiration and motivation that I need, honestly. So, yeah, I um, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, my dad taught me from uh, from a young age, and I've heard um, other famous people say this also. Is uh, uh, like, what is discipline, right? Like, what's the difference between between doing something and doing something with discipline and it's this right doing something just to do something you're never going to do it a hundred percent right you're going to find ways to cut corners to get it done faster cheaper right to make it more convenient for yourself but that's not doing something with discipline doing something with discipline means to do something that you hate but you do it as if you love it and i think that uh incorporating that into your everyday life as hard as it is i think that that's the difference between success and failure at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I appreciate that lesson uh, that, that my dad taught me at a, at an early age. Another lesson that my dad taught me at a, a early age is uh, keep it simple, stupid. Right? So don't, if, if you're going to have to carry something or move something or you're multiple of something, like carry two or three at the same time if you can. You know, and, and now I know that sounds a little contradictory to what I just said of uh, like cutting corners, but it's not you're not cutting corners if you're making your life just a little bit easier. You know what I'm saying? If the, if the if you can get the same outcome in the end, you know what I'm yes, saying? Uh, work, work smart, not hard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, was, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was real or not or someone just saying something, but I see on it was like Facebook or something a while ago. Uh, Bill Gates would hire like lazy people and put them in positions, uh, like knowing that they don't, that they would cut corners. And if they were able to do something that he was asking in an easier way, you know, they would move into that that way of doing it. So right. they're not saying being lazy and cutting corners is good, but sometimes it, uh, if you can find a way to do something more proficiently and um, you know, not making it as such a difficult task, then by all means, you know, it's just a lot of uh, trying and failing. Yeah, trial and error. 
yeah mm-hmm. uh that's what that's all of what human human uh, or the human life experience is i mean we can we all seen the the little kids in there with that with, with the square and then on the square has a bunch of little shapes like the star and the circle and the half moon and you know all that stuff and they sit there and they're trying to put the square in the circle right i mean trial and error starts at at that age right she's going to keep there keep trying and keep trying and keep trying until you go over there and you show them hey look, th- this one goes here right and then they're going to grab the circle one and try to put the circle one back in the square one you know mm-hmm. trial trial and error is a, the essence of human existence for sure definitely but um you know today we, today we want to take you guys on a little bit of a journey uh a journey that is a bit emotional for us but i'm sure it's going to be hilarious to you guys and this journey involves a game called arc survival evolved right and this game is a uh, survival strategy uh the style game and um yeah in this game you gotta you know you gotta eat you gotta you gotta eat drink and then uh the whole game is based around dinosaurs Right, so you got to build up a base. You got to tame dinosaurs, and every dinosaur has a a perk that it it, it offers, it's so that you want to tame it. Right, like some some dinosaurs can harvest berries better than uh, you can by hand. Some dinosaurs are really good at like killing other monsters and uh, dinosaurs and uh, stuff like that. So we want to tell you guys about some of these experiences that we had on this game, just because it's just at the end of the day it's just hilarious the things that we put ourselves through to to try and get these things done so uh evan if you want to if you want to start this journey oh yeah definitely so arc is a it's based mainly around pvp so whenever you hear of arc it's usually uh, it's there's a giant online community uh which sometimes is very fun and most times it's just full of just toxic, toxic, toxic it, yeah. people. Yep. And um, so the whole thing about it is there's servers that you play on, right? And I'm not sure the max limits anymore, really. Um, but so whenever you're playing, it's it's all in like real time. There can be other people playing. And uh, once you log off the game, all of your stuff is still there. Like it doesn't pause the game when you leave. So you can yeah, be your, off. Your but everyone... just lays on the ground. For anybody yeah. to come up to you, your what would be sleeping self and take anything out of your inventory or kill you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was that's the biggest biggest thing about this game is you. It's almost like a job once you start playing. Like you have to be so invested because you could put in, you know, two days, like sixteen hours worth of gameplay just to uh, get to a certain point. And then you log off for like an hour, and then you come back, and everything's gone. And uh, so that's probably one of the worst parts about the game, but also the some sometimes the funnest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, doing that act is called raiding, right? Uh, you can go to other people's bases, and uh, while they're online or offline, and you can destroy and take everything of theirs. So you can literally, like uh, Evan just said, you can literally spend eight hours taming up a raptor and taming up this animal and building up a shelter and then go to bed, wake up the next morning, go get on, and literally everything is just gone. Everything that you just spent the whole day before is literally just gone. Yeah, it's it's one of the funnest games I ever played. It's a game that I put the most hours 
I think into um, but it's something that you have to be dedicated <laughs> to play for and it's not just like there is a PVE um, style so there, you can just do like this I guess you'd call it a story mode so it has like kind of a story and stuff that you can follow and play offline Hold on, before, really before you go any further, yeah. uh, so for the people who don't know, PvP means versus player versus player, and PvE means player versus environment. So that uh, the only challenges that you're going to face on PvE is uh, the things that are genera generated through through the game itself. So like other dinosaurs, and you don't have to worry about getting raided when you're offline or other people coming up to you and killing you. It's a more mm -hmm. of a friendly experience. But uh, we, we never did that, of course. We, we were always on the PvP servers, right? And uh, just to put it, put it in perspective on how much time you can spend into this game, uh, there's this thing, it's called a, uh, a Giga, right? And it's a super, imagine like a T-Rex, just times that by four, and that's what this thing is, right? And in real time, it takes two weeks, two weeks of real life time to tame this dinosaur. Now, this dinosaur is super OP, uh, OP meaning overpowered, and um, but you have to dedicate legitimately two weeks of your time to do this. And there's a uh, so we've never done this, but there's been stories that we've heard through the grapevine of people literally taking their whole entire year's worth of vacation uh, off at the same time and setting up shift schedules with other people in their tribe to tame these dinosaurs. Because once they're knocked out, they have a, a bar that represents how much time they're going to be asleep, right? And um, you, you can feed them uh, like stimulants or what are called narco berries in the game to keep them asleep. So this way they don't wake up because if they wake up, then every, all the progress that you made while taming them goes away. So you have to keep these dinosaurs knocked out uh, and asleep for the duration that you're taming them. And then when they wake up after you get done taming them, they they are yours to command and to do as whatever you want. So mm -hmm. it's it's you can seriously so much time you can put into this game. But uh, we we uh, since we never had time like that, we always played on what they call boosted servers, which are servers hosted by. Um, uh, by people themselves people dedicate their computer to running a server with a uh, boosted stats so that it doesn't take two weeks to tame a giga it'll only take six hours or eight hours or ten hours depending on what they have the settings on but uh yeah you can continue yeah so the, the boosted servers are always nicer because like you were saying you don't have to wait forever but there was a lot of times where we were playing on official and i yeah. remember specifically uh, we were playing, and so occasionally they'll have like a double XP, double, you know, taming speed. So it makes it go by a little easier. And I remember, like, when we were in the height of the game, and I'm, this was like serious grinding. Uh, before work, I would wake up like an hour earlier just to get mm -hmm. on, check everything, feed all this, you know, dinosaurs. And then right when I get home from work, I'm talking like, you're playing for like eight hours and it's like the game is super addicting uh but we would spend entire weekends just you know grinding it out it would take i remember there was a 
what was it, a Griffin that yeah. we spent literally all the time it took to get everything ready for it. Probably like what twelve hours, maybe. Yeah. And at I least a, a few days 12 later, hours, twelve hours just in that day. It took days of preparation just to get to that yeah. point. Yeah, and then and, uh, uh, and, oh, and later, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, another thing too is like um. You, all the dinosaurs that you tame also have like food bars like and the food bars represent like how full they are and so just because you sign off their food bars still go down so there's if you don't feed your dinosaurs every so often they will starve to death by the time you get back online so you kind of have to like helps like within your tribe the people that you're playing with like everybody has to kind of like work together to dedicate certain times of the day to get on to feed your dinosaurs or else they're going to starve to death by the time that you get back online yeah, yeah but keep going with the griffin story yeah <laughs> uh yeah so after that you know 12 hours of just waiting and any time during that period someone just could come by and just instantly kill you and all your progress is gone there's there's no saves or anything um and so a few days later i remember just getting on and so usually when you get on and you sign to the server you'll hear like a, a an awakening animation so it'll sound like a guy's like yawning and waking up the worst feeling ever is when you start hearing just like the the menu music and then just the black yeah. oh my yeah because you're, you're dead at that point yeah. and uh and it just shows you like the map of where you want to spawn and a lot of times like so when you die you can spawn in your bed right uh but when you get raided they usually blow everything you have into to pieces so you'll get on the map and you'll just see your bed gone and then at, at that time you just you know yep. there's nothing left nothing. and a lot of a lot of times after that happens you just turn the game off and uh cry cry for hours <laughs> yeah not much not much you can do after that and it, it's super so there's been people that have been playing for years and years and take the game like it's one of the only things they do. Like they get paid to play this game, and these are like massive tribes that they just all stream on YouTube and Twitch and everything. Like this is their job. And at any point in time, you could have been just playing for you know just a weekend and built up a a little base, little house and stuff. And within one minute, they could just if they find you, just take everything you have with the no no pushback at all so it's definitely not a uh it's it's a hard game to start playing definitely yeah yeah and it's very very hard to play by yourself you always got to play with friends and uh these bigger tribes that you were mentioning with these people that like uh that literally dedicate their lives to playing um they don't like new people coming into their servers because you're seen as a threat and if they don't take you out when you're small, then one day you could possibly get big enough to start messing with them. And that's how they see it. Like they, they see it as, you know, you're stepping on their territory and you're coming into their server. And so they're going to take you out as soon as they find you because they don't want any pushback. They want everything. They, they want to be the ruler or the kings or however you want to state it of these servers. And so uh, one thing that's really common in this uh 
in this game is server wars is and so what that means is like so people will get they'll have tribes that will literally run a dedicated server right and then they uh but then on a, uh, another server there'll be another tribe that's just as big as them and they'll go to war and then the way two servers and then this will keep spanning over the you know across multiple multiple servers so um i'm not sure i haven't kept up with it so i don't know where it stands but you can literally have one tribe running six seven eight nine ten servers and they have multiple people playing on every single server every single day just killing everybody in sight just so that they can stay in charge of all these servers yeah it it got to a point where so you, um, if you're playing on official servers, you have your own character pretty much, and so your character is going to have like a certain amount of level. So the more XP you get, the higher level, and it does. It takes a long time to like fully, fully level up, and uh, so you want to keep your character. And the only way to transfer servers is to manually, like in the game, physically go to these obelisks. They call them. And uh, from there, you can transport to a different server. But there's a few instances where we got almost ran off the server, and yeah. <laughs> they were literally just uh, they wiped us out, took everything. But they built up around these like teleporters, so trying to like make it out of the game was actually hard. Plus, you're dealing with all like the creatures that are in the area, so you'll be just be right. running to this thing, and you'll get attacked by a wolf. And you won't even make it there, or you'll run out of food, or you'll freeze to death. Um, yeah, because it, it'll there, be then... yeah, it'll it'll be like you, a naked human, versus a full-grown direwolf, and obviously you aren't you aren't going to win that fight. But what they do is uh, they build like uh, turret stations. They'll build like mm-hmm. uh, foundations and put up walls and stuff, and then they'll put turrets on the top of it next to these obelisks. So when you get close to them. The turrets will just shoot you automatically, and you so you can't even get to the obelisk to transfer your yourself out to a different server. And it's literally gone so to the point where uh, they add new servers every week, so that this way the people who are just now coming into the game can actually have a chance to actually sit down and play the, the game. Yeah, it's um, the other thing was I remember. This was a while ago, and I probably I should have took a picture of it. So once you start the game or you kind of go to join a server, it doesn't tell you like your last played server. You have to like manually find it. And I couldn't find like my character that I played with for like years, you know. Um, and one day, I don't know how I actually found it. But I found like my original character on just some random server, and it was like the best day of my life. Yeah, I, I wish. I'm sure I wrote it down somewhere, but my character is still out there somewhere, just stuck on some random server. Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing about leveling up is, uh, as you level up, you unlock blueprints, right? And um, as as you continue to progress, you want like better and better blueprints. Like you start off with like a wooden spear, and after you get to a certain level, you can make up a metal spear. And you start off with like stone pickaxes, and then as you level up, you can unlock metal pickaxes. And then so uh, so say you uh, hit a rock with a stone pickaxe, you'll get one stone. 
but if you hit it with a metal uh, pickaxe, you'll get three stones. So obviously, you're gonna you want to progress to uh, to get better gear so that you can harvest materials faster. But you also unlock saddles. You have to have a saddle to ride the vast majority of these dinos in the game. And but uh, to unlock the saddle for that dino, you have to be a certain level. And so that's the that's the main point of leveling up is uh, to so that you can get better uh, better dinos, better uh, equipment for your house, better sentry turrets, uh, and uh, just overall quality of life goes up as you continue to level up. And then you also you get XP from killing dinosaurs, from taming dinosaurs, from harvesting materials, and uh, and then there's also bosses. There's multiple maps, and every map has bosses. And if you go and you fight the bosses, the that also gives you XP to level up. So, but like Evan was saying, uh, they they do like two or three times taming speed XP. Uh, so this way it'll make, it makes things a little bit easier. It increases the quality of life a little bit, but it's normally only on the weekends that they'll do this when uh, the majority of people are playing. So, but that's also, uh, a, you know, a, a double entendre because more people are going to be playing, which means it's going to be harder to start out. Even though it's two times taming, you're going to be dealing with a lot more people than you would if you're playing in the middle of the week. So, but, uh, we, we played a lot on, on official servers, and we kept just getting raided and destroyed by these huge, huge tribes. So we got pissed off because we were dedicating so much time to this. So we eventually uh, uh, transferred over into what what's called player-dedicated servers, which is what I was talking about earlier, where people dedicate their computer to running one of these servers. Right, And uh, after jumping around from server to server, we eventually found a server called Stoners. And um, that this is kind of where the arc uh, and the pitfall of our journey on this game called Ark Survival evolved. So you want to you want to start it out, Evan? Uh, yeah, I can. So this this server was like it was pretty boosted, but it was still a grind where you actually you had to put in some work to uh, get anything done um but we started off how many how many of us do you think there were probably like five uh five. in the in the beginning it was just like our core group so it'd be about five of us and so we, were, we were putting in a, a lot of time and we started off pretty small and there was definitely some we weren't the biggest at all uh people yeah. there was some bigger tribes but during the course of us like starting off there was these other tribe like the some of the biggest tribes would go to war with each other and i think one of the biggest things one of the crazy things that helped us i don't know if you remember it but it's one of the guys was like hey uh i'm no longer playing the game i quit come to these coordinates and you can have all my stuff and there was tons and tons and tons of material and that really helped us out. Uh, so, yeah. you know, flash forward a little bit. We're taming and taming and just completely grinding. We have a pretty good base. And um, we're doing really good. We uh, have some, some big-ass creatures. And we can pretty much go to a lot of the other tribes and just wipe them out without hesitation. You know, there's, there's no resistance. But there's this other tribe who... Uh, 
I don't know if it was one or two tribes, but one of them was like the admin. Uh, so the mm -hmm. person that was like hosting it, his tribe, and then there was some other uh, big, like I guess bases, uh, people around the map. Yeah, and so uh, so close to our base was another base uh, of this group of people of like four or five people, and th their base was uh, right around the same size as us, and we uh, we became allies with them. Right, and so the Alpha Tribe, the people who were kind of like, uh, you know, like, like the kings, I guess you can say, right? The people who were running the servers. Uh, on this particular server, whoever was in charge got to set the rules, right, for the server. That's how this particular server was set up, right? So they got to make all the rules and blah blah blah, right? Well, they came and they raided our friends. So we went over there and we tried to help them defend their base. Well, we lost, right? And, and they lost and they got they lost everything they didn't know where we were because we were going to them to help them so we recruited them into our tribe so we went from having maybe five or six people to having about 12 people in our tribe right and uh so we we changed the name of our tribe because we merged tribes and uh i named us the avengers right because we our whole goal was to avenge them Right to go after the, the the tribe that killed our friends, right? And it just so happened that that following weekend came out the movie, the the Avengers movie, right? So we always just got roasted in the chat because there was like a public chat in 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 the in the server. So everybody would always make fun of us because we were copying the the Avengers. So, um, so long story short, what what ends up happening is. We call out the the tribe, the the main tribe, right? The people, the kings, the rulers of the server, and we tell them we set up a date to go to war. So, and this date was two weeks out from the time that we set uh, called them out, right? Well, uh, at the time, I think there was a max of <laughs> sorry, there was a max of uh, uh, fifty players that can be playing uh, at a time. And word got out that we were going to have a server war. So every time that new people joined in, we would, uh, they would, uh, the kings of the, the server and us, we would try to recruit every single person that joined in the server, right? So this way it can be, uh, you know, a 25 versus 25. Well, word spread, whether it was through people talking at school, because a lot of us that were playing were all like, you know, just out of high school or still in high school and middle schoolers, right? And so word spread that this giant server war was going down, right? So the ho the owners of the server in increased the, the player capacity up to 100 people instead of 50, right? So all these people were coming in and we just kept recruiting, 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 and we grew our tribe to like 20-some people. And it got to the point where people would just join the server and be like, hey, is this the server that they're having a server war? And uh, so I thought that that was really cool that we had like influence like that and, and, that, and that crazy stuff was going on, right? So, but we knew that the people who were in charge of the server, like the kings of the server, they had a lot of allies. So, and our war was just with them and us. So we decided to start taking out that, their allies, right? Slowly, little by little, each one of them side by side. Because, uh, you know, we can see when they talk publicly who they're talking with and what they're talking about. So we were able to figure out who that they are aligned with, 
So we, we decided to start taking some of them out. And a lot of those raids did not go our way. I think uh, I remember one night in particular, we sat and we ra- raided this one girl's base for like oh, God. S- seven, eight hours in the middle oh, of the night. Like, uh, like I think we got on like uh, around like, well, we probably got on at like six o'clock in the afternoon, but we started raiding her after she got off at like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And it was seven o'clock in the morning when we finally called it quits because we couldn't we couldn't get into our base. She just had too many turrets, too many defenses for us to get through with the equipment that we had. And that just made everything a lot worse because we killed like the majority of our dinos. So when she got on, she just reported it to the kings of the server and that just made them even more mad at us. Right? So well, we the, the worst part with that was they were friends. Like they were actually friends in real life. Uh, yeah, in real life, yeah, yeah. So yeah, then then we had to, we actually had to, I think, get her a few dinos back or something, and yeah, yeah, but, yeah, because they were threatening to like uh, attack us offline, and uh, like, cause we had like a verbal contract, you know, uh, stating that like we weren't gonna offline raid each other, like, because it, it got to the point where like it was the kings of the server and us, we were the two biggest tribes on the server and we had like the biggest bases and the most dinos and most resources and blah, blah, blah. Right. So it it boiled down to that. Right. And so we just had a basic verbal code of conduct saying, we're not going to fight each other until this day at this time. And then, and so on and so forth. Right. And uh, when we attacked his allies, he foregoed that. And they, they said, well, we're coming after you. We're, we're going to diso we're, you know, ending this agreement unless you provide these dinos back to the the person that you tried to raid. So we we ended up having to do that. So this way we didn't get all of our stuff r- ripped away from us, right? And uh, as time goes on, like I said, we just kept recruiting more people. We like had all these little tiny micro bases built up around our main base, and then, um, you know, one thing that kept happening to us that I thought was really weird is people would just fly straight into our base and they would immediately die. Right. But when you die, there's like a, you know, uh, well, uh, there, there is no window of time, but you can, um, look at your, your person from a third per, uh, person perspective and you can move your camera around and see. Right. And so we didn't really think anything of it. We thought that it was just like new players just flying it into our base on accident and getting killed, right? But uh, that that will come into play here here in uh, a little bit, right? So as time goes on, we're constantly building up our base, getting ready for war, right? And uh, so one thing that you can do in this game is breed your dinosaurs if they're the same dino. And by doing so, you can get uh, you can get uh, boosts for those specific dinos. Like it, it, it'll be born with an insane amount of uh, melee damage, or an insane amount of health, or an insane amount of stamina. Uh, and uh, what's that called? But uh, so, so you would want to keep like force breeding your animals so that you would get these like uh, in in a abilities from from these dinos, right? And so that's what we were doing. We were just force breeding and breeding and breeding and, you know, grinding out materials, grinding out materials, right? And so now we're like a two, three days out from uh, from this war. And I don't know about you, but I was so 
uh, involved in this. I was so dedicated to doing this that uh, I was literally like calling off of work, pretending to be sick, just so I could <laughs> stay home to fucking keep grinding so that we did not lose this war. Because I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted us to be the rulers of this server, and uh, and they were making things, and I, I'm sure we were too, uh, making things insanely personal, right? And uh, like we had a full, like a full blown schedule set out of like uh, when certain people need to be on at certain times. This way, there was never a time when uh, nobody was ever on. This way, we couldn't get uh, raided offline. I was setting timers mm -hmm. for every two or three hours uh, when I would go to bed to wake up to make sure to feed our dinos and uh, they make check on the base and do this and do that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where you were doing the same stuff, right? Oh yeah, like it was full on. Like if I had free time, I was playing, and that one I built a lot of like I won't say like cosmetic stuff, but I definitely spent a lot of time just like building a house and. I remember I had a uh, like a bar I built up and stuff, and definitely put yeah. a lot of time. So the last thing you want is for someone just to come and just erase it. <laughs> so it was yeah. a lot, a lot of work put in. So we gave the girl her dinos back, right? And so everything was back on track. We're we're, we're sticking to our con like our verbal agreement of having the the big battle on this particular day. And um, uh, so so now we're about two, three days out from the day of the war, right? I think I called off twice, uh, uh, called off of work twice in, in, during that week to get ready for this. We're uh, setting up game plans on how we want to raid them and how, and I'm sure that they're doing the same thing to us, right? And as we're about, I think the day before, maybe two days before, I'm at work, right? And all of a sudden, my phone starts going off, right? I'm getting text messages from my brothers because all my brothers are playing. I'm getting texts from, uh, I'm pretty sure from you, Evan, from Dalton, mm -hmm. from everybody. My phone's just blowing up, right? So I'm looking at my phone, and it's messages. They're here. We're getting raided. They're here right now. Why? Get on right now. Right now. Get on. Why? Please hurry up. Get on. Get on. And, uh, and I'm at work. I, so I go to my boss, and I'm like, hey, uh, I'm not feeling good. Uh, I, need, I need to go home. Right, because uh, this is this is almost a month's worth of work every single day, multiple hours a day, of g g everything leading up to this to the to this moment right now, and it's happening two days before we agreed that it was gonna happen, right? So I get home, I get online uh, on Arc, and sure enough, they're here. They're at our base, killing us, destroying everything that we have. Right, but I I'm too late. How how early on were you were were you able to get on, Evan? I uh, I'm pretty sure I was too late for anything. I don't remember actually what I was doing. I met up been at work too. Yeah, and uh, I remember getting like the text and stuff. But I there was, I couldn't leave work or anything. Yeah, uh, but by the time I got on, there was yeah there was nothing. <laughs> Which was uh was pretty devastating, you know. Uh, yeah. So, sorry. <coughs> God, I'm dying. All right. So, it, it's bringing it all back. I'm getting emotional. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> uh, so I get on, and sure enough, I, they're, they're here. They're destroying everything that we have worked so hard for, and um, 
there, there's very little that we can do at this point. And uh, everybody in the tribe is basically on. And we're basically just having to stand there and watch as they destroy everything. Everything that we have worked so hard for being erased in front of our faces. Uh, I cried. I, I literally cried. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's so much, so, so much went into this. And for it to all just be gone, because they violated our verbal contract. And they attacked us two days early. And, uh, yeah, dude, it was it was devastating, man. It was truly, truly fucking devastating. Yeah. So, like I was saying, people get really invested. Um, so the, the other tribe, like we were saying, they would actually, without, like, being specific, they would be like, oh, hey, can you meet up and we'll trade or we'll breed some dinosaurs or whatever. And then without mm-hmm. us knowing, like, oh, sorry, we're, you know, we're uh, about to get off this and that. And they were recording the times that we were on mm-hmm. and being, like looking up on our uh, Xbox to see if we we're online or offline. And uh, so they literally. Yeah, were... they were writing this stuff down. Uh, so. Yeah. Before they did the actual raid and killed us and destroyed all of our stuff, we had a falling out with a few a few of our tribe members with uh, some things that had happened on the server. We we didn't see eye to eye on something, and so we had to kick some people out, right? And uh, one of these people that we had to kick out took it very personally, and he was incorporated in the core group of maintaining the the. Tr- all of our dinos and stuff, right? So, and we had, like like I said, we had schedules of, like, when certain people were supposed to get on at certain times of the day to keep track of everything. So he had our full schedule of, uh, like, who was going to be on and when and blah, 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 right? Well, he sold... I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding with you when I say this. He sold this schedule to these people for real-life money. This tribe that we were going up against paid real life dollars to buy our, the schedule for when we would be on or not, so that this way they could plan their attack accordingly. Not only did they do that, they also paid people with real life money to fly into our base to see the progress that we were making. So earlier when I was telling you that like people kept flying into our base and we just thought there were new people who didn't uh, were just exploring and trying to find a place to build a base. No, these were targeted attacks. They were paying people to fly like pterodons, which are pterodactyls, into our base, and then, like I said, their bodies would just drop down into our base, and then they can, uh, you know, move their camera around to see everything that's going on, and then they they would report the information back to the other tribe that we were going into war against. Like they they made this shit so personal. Uh, it, it was. I couldn't I couldn't believe it when it was all said and done. When it was over, the guy that we had the falling out with, he told us that he sold our schedule to them for money. And it was $25. He paid $25 to win this war of real-life money. Not to mention, the the admin, which is the owner of the server, was also giving them... Um, materials and stuff he would like spawn them in because as an admin you have admin controls and you can like you can spawn in whatever dinos you want whatever materials you want 
and the admin w- didn't get along with us. He didn't like the way that we played the game. So he, he, the admin was on their side during the whole thing too. So they were getting extra materials and they were fabricating materials so that they could have the edge against us because we outnumbered them. We had more people in our tribe, so we were making more progress more efficiently than they were, and they were scared that they were going to lose. So all in all, tears were shed, blood was shed, and I was very, very upset. And I don't yeah, think I've ever played the game ever since. No, it's it's not a... I don't think I could... I'm sure I could get back into it. But it's one of those things where like you need to just be ready to dedicate time. And it's really, it's a really, really fun game. You know, it is. There's a lot, of, a lot of stuff to do. And especially playing with your friends. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, but I, I don't think I've played since. They, they have done a lot of updating and yeah, uh, they like just that. had a new DLC come out, a new map. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen this either. It was, um, I think, earlier this year. They actually released um, a trailer for Arc 2. <sighs> wow. Coming to the Xbox uh, Series X and PS5. I don't know if why. I was, if I was but... ever going to play another survival game like that, um, Rust. Rust just came out for console. I, I would I would pick that up before uh, <laughs> getting back into Ark again. It's, it's a fun game. And if you ever have too much time you, on your hands, yeah, yes. go ahead and play it. <laughs> yeah, if you have the time, I, I would definitely recommend it. Check it out. Uh because it's unlike a lot of uh, it's unlike a lot of other survival games like uh, Minecraft and Terraria and Subnautica and things like that. Because you can save your progress, you can exit out of the world, and everything will be there when you get back in. There, there is none of that in this game. So you constantly have to be on. You constantly have to be checking on your stuff, and uh, it's a lot. It's a lot mentally, and a lot and a lot of time. But there's definitely been some some good memories. Most of them were always bad. Yeah. Uh, in the end. But a lot of a lot of stories. Yeah. It it wasn't all bad, you know. The, we had a lot of good times. We had a lot of good laughs together, a lot of late nights. Mm-hmm. You know. It's uh it's honestly probably what has sparked our, our connection because uh like in high school uh, like we we didn't really hang out with each other. We didn't really have the same f- friend group, and it wasn't until um after I ended up getting sober, um and I started playing Xbox a lot more, and shortly after that we started playing Ark, and I, I think that that's kind of what really generated um our 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 friendship. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that was the f- one of the first games we actually played a lot with. Yeah. So yeah, a lot a lot of good came from it, but. A lot of a lot of bad also came from that. I don't think I'll be playing that uh, anytime soon. But... Absolutely not. <laughs> you got um uh, anything? Oh, you're uh you're um uh, done with quarantine. You got your your apartment. Yes, yes. So uh, I finally got the quarantine. Finally moved out of the hotel I was staying at. Uh, got an apartment. I moved in um last Monday. Uh, so I'm still getting everything kind of settled down, uh, put together. It came fully furnished, so there's not much I had to do, which was awesome. 
Um, yeah, that's nice. Trying to figure out some of the things like the washer and it's a dual washer and dryer. And for the love of my fucking life, I can't figure it out. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's just fucking terrible. It doesn't help that it's all in Korean and I can't fucking really read yeah. it. It's translate with the, the, the picture thing. Uh, it's helps yeah, a yeah. little bit. But I can't figure yeah. out like it will wash my clothes and then partially dry them so they'll be like still damp and then oh. I go just to hit like the, the delicate like you know drying just a like low temperature heat and yeah. all of a sudden it'll say like two hours and then I'll just see water start running in there and it's like what, what the what fuck the... Like, I, yeah. I, just, I just want it to be dry yeah. and uh, I'm sure there is a way but um, yet to figure it out the AC has been a little tricky too. Um, it's still pretty hot in here, but it, I uh, my entire side of my apartment, half of it is all glass, uh, just a giant window. So at the end of the day, the heat, the sun is just right there, and I think it, the AC struggles a little bit. But uh, other than that, it's it's not too bad. I I like it. Yeah, I don't. You know, I've never lived in, like, a city setting like that before. But, um, like, ergonomically, like, having glass walls does not make much sense. Like, no. heating and cooling-wise, like, you're wasting so much energy. Yeah, in it, doing, it looks cool, doing that. but it's not worth it, I don't think. It's weird, too. Yeah. I've never actually lived in, like, a city. But now I can, like, walk literally probably 25 seconds to a convenience store. It's like a Seven Eleven almost, and then I walk another minute. And there's twenty different restaurants. Um, I walk, it takes like it's probably like a twenty minute walk to work, but uh, you can catch a cab anywhere. Um, but it's definitely it's different, really different. Yeah, luckily enough, I got because uh, I live close to downtown in uh, the town that I live in, and uh, and right next to the river. So I don't really got to walk far for anything really either. But that being said, it's definitely not a city. It's a small town. So, uh, yeah. So, But we went to Chicago um, in April. We went to the, the Shedd Aquarium and uh, the Field Museum. And uh, my, my girlfriend, she, she used to live in the city. And she's like, yeah, don't you want to move out here? And, you know, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Dude, n- no. nobody has a yard. There, there is no such thing as yards. There's no privacy because everybody lives in these giant like uh, apartment buildings, right? Mm-hmm. And then everybody like, and then there's one across the street. So yeah, you always have to keep your blinds closed because people can just see straight into your house. You, you don't have a mm-hmm. yard, so you, like, if you have a dog, you're basically just torturing your dog. Like, yeah, uh, no, yeah, absolutely I, I would... not. There's, no, there's too many people. Not, not, not for me. Yeah, I would never actually be able to settle down in a city environment like this. Like, this is cool for you know a little bit, but uh, definitely not for uh, long, long term. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, one hundred percent. I don't want, I don't want anything, anything to do with it. I'll pass. But uh, I got a question. If mm. uh. Would you rather have seeds in your meat 
or bones in your fruit? Um, that's <laughs> it's random, random and very disturbing. Yeah, yeah, right, uh, dude. Yeah, I'd much rather have uh, seeds in my fruit because a lot of seeds you can eat. You know, seeds in your meat. Yeah, in your meat. Sorry, yeah, yeah, because you can eat a lot of seeds. So hopefully, these seeds you can eat. Uh, imagine if you had to spit them out. Yeah. Uh, It'd be terrible. I can't think of a fruit with imagine <laughs> just so, a, an apple with a fucking just chicken bone as its like core. Right, yeah, yeah. And so that's what I was gonna say. So there are some like some similarities, right? Like uh like avocados have the, the pits in the middle, right? You can't bite into that and then you also um I mean I don't eat avocados, but I, I don't think you eat the skin, right? So you you can't just straight shut up bite into it. But uh Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'd much rather have seeds in my meat for sure. Yeah, that's. I don't think I could uh, do the bone part. That'd be weird. Yeah. What if it was like unproportionate bones eat it too? Like, imagine if you got like a like an apple and it had like a huge ass steak bone sticking out of the top and the bottom. <laughs> Sixteen inch fucking <laughs> massive. Right. <laughs> and you go to oh, this is a nice ripe apple. Yeah, we just cut around the bone here. <laughs> right, that that'd be ridiculous. You're what is what is your favorite fruit? And you get a uh, favorite fruit. Uh, yeah, pull a wishbone out of a grape. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. I I'm really big fan of grapes. Uh, was probably my number one, honestly. And then apples. Yeah, apples are nice. Red or red or green. All, all, all fruit is good. Uh, my favorite type of apple is red, personally. Really? Uh, yeah, I prefer um a green apple over a red. I like sour. I eat, I eat a lot of candy. I sour candies. I like green apples mm. over red. But um, my my favorite fruit is probably um a watermelon. Watermelon, watermelon, yeah. watermelon, and pineapple. Mhm. Mm I got a, I got a question for you real quick. <laughs> Have you ever heard of uh, cotton candy grapes? Yes, I've heard about this. Yeah, that that shit just blows my mind. Like the first Have time you had someone, them? yeah, well, I was at work oh. one day and uh, my my buddy was like, "Hey, uh, do you want a cotton candy grape?" I was like, "A what? Uh, you know, yeah, sure." I didn't Are think you it was actually me? Gonna taste. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> think it was actually gonna, this thing. Literally, one hundred percent tasted identical to cotton candy, and I'm not no way. It was, it was mind blowing. It was really fucking good. It was amazing, honestly. Yeah, I don't find a lot of like cotton candy flavored items besides cotton candy good. Like mm. um, my girlfriend, uh, she bought like we feed a lot of yogurt to my daughter, and uh, she she got like the like gogurts, but it was cotton candy flavored, and um, it was it was actually pretty good. I was pretty nervous. Because she's like, here, you want the rest of it? And I'm like, yeah, what flavor is it? She's like, cotton candy. I was like, oh, great. Oh, great. Here we go. <laughs> right, exactly. And then I tried it. I was like, it was actually pretty good. I wasn't, I wasn't mad at it. Oh, but uh, which, what's your favorite flavor of, like, uh, uh, Dum Dums? Oh. Uh, I would, this might be a not popular one, but butterscotch. Yeah, butterscotch, dude, I fucking one, love butterscotch, man. Even like just in general, like the flavor butterscotch. Yeah. 
pretty fucking top tier. But I my, had uh yeah, go ahead. My uh, other favorite one is actually the I think it's called like blue cotton candy or some shit. Oh no. <laughs> I think it's actually just cotton candy. That was my other favorite flavor. I had uh, one of my guys at work, uh he's a you know, Hispanic guy and it's uh, I had like Hispanic uh uh butterscotch. And dude, it is so much fucking better than like the the what was it what what Werther's Weathers however you say it Weathers, yeah. That, yeah that like we're used to so much better dude I don't know if real. it's like because it's like I, I don't know if, if they because they they probably use like real ingredients like real sugar and real shit you know mm-hmm. uh, and so maybe that's what it was that made it so much better but when he gave it to me dude it's so much so much better but that being said I, I had allergic reaction to it. Uh, which oh, is really, really weird because yeah because uh, uh i don't i'm not really allergic to anything mm-hmm. but um uh like after i ate it like my tongue swelled up a little bit and my face got all uh, like i got a couple bumps on my face and my face swelled up a little bit and i can like no. feel it in my in my airways my in my airways in my throat i i well, like was swollen it was like getting a little hard to breathe but mm-hmm. uh it wasn't anything crazy or anything i just took some allergy medication and i was fine but i thought that was weird oh. but it, it was totally worth it if i if i had to fucking <laughs> every time i eat something take some allergy medication i would so do it for sure yeah my one of my first one is the uh you know like i don't know if you ever had it but like growing up my grandparents and a lot of like old people they always had like those fucking just hard candies for some reason, yep. laying around mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. strawberry ones or the, the butterscotch ones. Yeah, I think that's and, just a uh, white people thing, but yeah. <laughs> Those fucking butterscotch ones, I would fucking just take all of them. Those yeah, I did. So goddamn good. Yeah, that was my but, favorite uh, part of going over to my aunt's house growing up is she always had a candy bowl and it was always full mm-hmm. of like different candies and stuff. <laughs> and have you ever had a hundred grand bar? That sounds, I know what you're talking about. I don't know if I've ever had one, honestly. Yeah, I remember having one of those for the first time, and that shit was mind blowing, bro. That that was so freaking good. And then uh, <laughs> last weekend, uh, I uh, was over at my parents' house, and um, they had hundred grand bars, and I had one for like the first time in years again. And dude, it's so so good. Yeah. Uh, did you ever have? I know you were talking about the Weathers earlier. The caramel uh-huh. coffee. I don't know if you're picking a coffee, but no, no, I don't. Th- I know coffee, anything's for me, man. Well, the caramel coffee ones, mm-hmm. fucking. When I was in high school, I would. I'm not even kidding. I'd bring like a bag a week, and uh, me and one of my friends were just fucking. That shit was like crack, man. That shit was yeah. It was so fucking good. That was probably like one of my favorite candies, uh, at one point. Really? So, yeah, well, I don't. I'm big into coffee, so. Yeah, not me. Like I can't even do toffee, like co- no coffee cakes, no, mm. no, nothing, nothing that resembles anything close to coffee. I can't, I can't do it. Oh, the, there was sad, a, man. there was a, there was a little while where I drank black coffee, mm. but uh, that only lasted like two, three weeks. And yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Although uh, my girlfriend does get this one drink from Starbucks, and uh, it's getting better and better every time I try it. But it's like a, a it's a flat white caramel macchiato or some something along those lines. I I, I don't know Starbucks lingo, and uh, but uh yeah it's it's getting a little better and better every time I try. I try it every couple months 
I'll take a sip. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I'm not not a big fan of Starbucks. It's not too bad every once in a while. Well, dude, my but, uh, my biggest fuck because I like I said I don't drink coffee, right? And so yeah. when somebody brings up brings it up to me, like, hey, let's not, no, absolutely fucking not. The lines are always so goddamn fucking long, <laughs> dude. And I always say, like, can can we go to like Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's or some other shit to get coffee? And we're like, everyone's like, no, the coffee's not the same. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sitting in line for 15 fucking minutes for you to order two drinks. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if you've ever been to California or like the West Coast, but um, no, fucking. I'm sure it's crazy out there. Nah, there's a one place in particular, Dutch Dutch Bros. Okay, that is the biggest fucking like hoax I've ever seen, and I'm sure like people are gonna be like, oh, you know, it's the best coffee spot or best like just drink spot. I'm telling you, those lines, thirty cars. At some points, really, and like that's twenty four seven at night. That you know it might be a little bit lower, but like during the day, you're waiting <laughs> at least twenty minutes, and that doesn't even compare to like, like in and out and stuff like that. But it it is crazy how long yeah, that's ridiculous. Just wait for one drink, dude. You want to know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> and I mean, really, just grinds my fucking gears, bro. People who eat ice cream in the winter. So I I don't eat ice cream at all. I'm not I I don't like sweets, right? And um, I, so <laughs> I I work third shift, right? And uh, I'm driving to work. It's the middle of winter. It's you know negative seventeen degrees out or some shit. And <laughs> there's like there's this Andy's ice cream place, right? It's mm-hmm. here in Illinois. There's a couple of them all over the place, and. Um, it's 10.30, it's like 10.40, 10.30, somewhere around there at night. It's negative 17 degrees, and there's a line outside for people standing in line <laughs> to buy fucking ice cream at 10.30 at night. Hey, man. I have never, I've never had such a visceral reaction to something before. It literally <laughs> made me so fucking angry. mad. Dude, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, I, I went on a whole 15-minute rant in my own head because uh, my drive's, like, 35 minutes to work. And uh, I went on a, a whole 15-minute rant about how dumb these people are. But then I, I, I realized to myself, I'm like, yeah, they may be dumb, but you just wasted 15 minutes of your life just thinking about this. <laughs> just pissed about nothing. Right. It's something that has nothing to do with you whatsoever. And you just fucking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So maybe I'm the, like dumb, a, I'm the dumb one, but during the winter, the only time it's acceptable to eat ice cream is like at a party or something, you know, just some yeah. fucking no ice cream. That shit fucking slaps. Well, dude, but, uh, up up in Minnesota, like they'll have uh like fires, they'll have like party fires in the middle of winter, like where they'll have like uh like because a lot of people they have like property, so they'll have these huge ass bonfires in mm-hmm. the middle of winter. And, uh, and you know, it's a party and then people, yeah, they'll fucking like, eat ice cream and shit, you know, and everybody's <laughs> partying in winter gear, like full blown winter gear. And, uh, yeah. And then just fucking eating ice cream while sitting around a fire. It's like, highly frowned upon. Why? It's like, it's like in the summer and just fucking you're at a bonfire. Like, Oh yeah. Do you, do you have any hot chocolate? Cause that'd be really good right now. Well, it's a hundred fucking degrees out. Hey, hey, hey. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Mm. But yeah, wait, wait, hold on. Tell me, you say that, but then you'll drink a cup of coffee. 
coffee's not bad. That's more of um. It's I still hot. I mean, you drink hot, hot coffee, though, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's more of just for the caffeine portion mm-hmm. of it. Like, I'll drink a, a Red Bull rather than a coffee if it's fucking 100 degrees out. But uh, Oh, dude, I fucking love Red Bull, man. It's bad. Yeah, Red Bull. I got a bang in the fridge right now. That shit always fucking... Always yeah, out. dude. Um, so, like, I, I have ADHD, so, like, a lot of these energy drinks don't do shit for me. I just really enjoy the taste of Red Bull. And, yeah. uh... But a bang fucks me up, bro. Like a bang <laughs> will get me hyped. Because <laughs> they, uh, they use uh, uh, creatine instead of like taurine yeah. and like all this uh, like caffeine and shit, like all the other people, like all the other brands use. And that mm-hmm. shit fucking works. <laughs> fucking wires you up. Yeah, bro. And uh, it, it's really weird for me to ever. I've never really felt anything like that because, like, I, like I've done coke and shit, and uh, like it, it just mellows me out, like it, it calms me down, right? And mm-hmm. same thing like with the caffeine and everything like that. And then so like when bangs came out, everyone's like boasting about like, oh, they're so good, so good. I was like, fuck it, I'll give it a try. And that was the <laughs> first time I ever felt like an actual upper work. <laughs> and that shit had That's me wired. Funny. And so then I started drinking them every day. And then <laughs> uh, yeah. Hell yeah. What's your favorite bang flavor? Uh, my favorite is the uh, what the fuck's it called? Red, white, and blue or some shit or star blast some shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that one's uh, alright. That one's good. The uh, I've, I've not had too many. The blue raspberry one's not too bad. Yeah, that's my, that's my one, go-to. That was almost too much. They have one that tastes like Coca-Cola. I never tried it because I don't like Coke, but I thought that was really weird. Oh, that's interesting. But uh, I, I like uh, so I, I like I really like uh, Crown Apple whiskey, right? That that's mm. my that's my go-to drink, and I'll mix that with a, a a Bang lemonade, and that shit will keep me going all night. Like I can I can literally stay up all fucking night drinking those two together. Uh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, highly recommend if you're trying to stay awake and keep getting drunk. <laughs> yeah, this is like a random uh, drink flavor, but uh, I always, I I didn't see it for a while until, so I first seen it about two years ago, maybe three years ago uh, when I was over in uh, kind of Europe, but it was uh, a Coke, like Coca-Cola, but coffee flavored. Coffee flavor, really, and or it was like co- it was Coke mixed with coffee or something like that, and it was actually pretty fucking good. Like the first hint of it was like mm-hmm. Coke, you know, like you just drink a Coke, and then like the aftertaste, you would just taste coffee. Really? And, uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. You couldn't have one like every day, but it was definitely pretty good. And then I seen one again for the first time in years. Uh, mm-hmm. when I was like, I think I was leaving California and then I see him all the time here now too but that is an interesting combo you know, like a fucking uh, soda with fucking coffee in it yeah uh, alright, I think that'll that's it for this episode, man yeah, sounds good uh, you got Definitely any last, a... last words? uh, well, not, not too much oh, I was gonna say, hopefully everyone's doing good and, uh Hopefully they enjoy this one. All about art. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, yeah, mostly about arc. But uh, yeah, just remember to stay hydrated. It's fucking hot, so make sure you're drinking your water. Make sure you're staying up on your your hydration. Other than that, uh, drive safe, work safe, be safe. We love you guys. We'll see you again. Peace. Peace. peace.